right, everybody. Welcome back to the Raiders Report here. Um, today we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, he was born right here in Ottawa, played for the 67s back in the day before heading out east to play uh, for the St. Marie Huskies, where he earned himself a Rookie of the Year award in his first uh, season of three spent there. Uh, he even went on to spend a season in the British Hockey League with the Medway Bears in 94-95. His accolades do not stop there. He coached the Pembroke Lumber Kings U18 and won the uh, league championships head coach. Uh, he's now the head coach in the Peen Raiders U18 team and doing a wonderful job. Uh, Jared DeFazio, thank you so much for, for joining me uh, today, and it's great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, excited. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun for me, too. Um, obviously, another uh, another lockdown here in Ontario. What are you doing to keep busy? Uh, that's a good question. You know, it's uh, it's, it's difficult. Um uh, you know, we were, you know, we were fortunate, uh, our Nepean Raiders team that we were practicing and we were playing, uh, you know, one game slash kind of scrimmage a week right. against the bubble team Kempville. And so we were in the fall able to, you know, practice a couple times a week and play that game every Saturday, uh, against Kempville and, uh, you know, the players were just, you know, enjoying it. And, you know, it wasn't a regular season by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, we were engaged, we were excited, and it, it, it's always great uh, when you're a hockey player or a coach, no matter, you know, just getting to the rink, and, uh, you know, those are some of the great memories, having fun and, and, and laughing and joking, and then, of course, uh, getting to work on the ice and, and working on the development and, and wanting to get better. So right now, uh, communicate with the team, you know, just through, uh, through email, and we actually are going to start a online practice uh, once a week. Oh boy. Um, yeah, so we're going to start doing practices again. Uh, it's online and we've got some various topics. Uh, we're going to do some drill review. We're going to show some video clips. Uh, we're going to have some special guests. Um, uh, you know, we're going to talk different things, nutrition, you know, um, you know, workouts, different things like that. So we'll talk about in-game sequence type things and we'll talk about, you know, how you can, can stay uh, ready for when uh, hopefully we can return to some form play uh, this season. Like that's yeah. still the hope that we can at, at minimum get back to that sort of bubble uh, format. And right. Continue. Fingers yeah. crossed for sure. Yes. That's yes. really interesting though, that you guys are doing a sort of online, uh, online. That That's really interesting. And uh, so is it mostly theory then and, and just kind of getting, yeah, well, we, you know, really the idea came from uh, one of the other coaches and uh, and even a parent, uh, you know, oh. and we were kind of forming that idea. I was kind of formating formatting that idea as well as it, as we continued along in the lockdown. Like, you know, at first didn't know if it was going to end that January sort of 26th. Right. And so, you know, not really planning anything yet because we hope to get back on. But when they extended it to February 11th, and who knows how much they extended yeah. <laughs> further. We kind of shifted, pivoted, you know, being that operative word these days. We pivoted to some other ideas. And, and uh, one of our friends knows uh, somebody on the GG's uh, varsity hockey team. And they were doing online practices. And so uh -huh. the idea just sort of came, from, came, you know, organically from that, from a very various few things that, okay, okay well, let's, let's get back once a week together and uh, make it online and let's make it exciting and uh, keep developing any way we can. Yeah. That's good that you guys are getting something out because it's hard in this, uh, in this environment, but that's, that's awesome. Um, I'll just start with uh, how you got to coaching with the Raiders. How did you, how did you get with the organization? Yeah, well, that's, that's a great question. I guess the previous two seasons I had been with Pembroke 
and um, uh, Randy Watt, uh, the general manager of the Junior A and the U18 team at the time, um, uh, was looking for a new U18 coach. And I had ironically just uh, stepped down from Pembroke. I had done it for two years and it was a lot of travel. I live in the city. And so I had just sort of uh, finished up with Pembroke. And so the timing was just right. The, okay. You know, a lot of times they say the right place, the right time. And, um, you know, at that time, uh, they had a coach that was doing dual roles, uh, doing the U18 and the Junior A. So that coach was going to flip to just doing Junior A. And they had an opening for the U18. And I had just, um, you know, uh, thanked Pembroke for everything and just couldn't do the travel anymore. And right. They Understandable. Yeah, and so just was kind of right place, right time. Met with Randy, had an interview, and um, you know, two seasons in there now with the PN. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what are some benefits of of the UA team Raider system that you've noticed? Well, I really, really enjoy sort of um, you know the development family per se. You know, it really has sort of that U eighteen. Um, and then it can branch off into different ways, but it's still sort of within that development family in the sense that, you know, the player next step would be junior B with West Ottawa. It could be junior A with the Nepean Raiders. It can be another year with the U18. Um, and in some cases it could be a player just, um, heading right into the Ontario hockey league, mm. you know, so it, 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 we, you know, you really feel, um, part of sort of a family development uh, focus with the U18. And that's been kind of its goal for the last few years is just uh, focusing in on that and, and really developing the player, you know, from that young age, from that, from that midget level or U18 level. Now um, it's called um, across the board, right up through to uh, junior A. Okay. Yeah. So, interesting. You know, that, that kind of, it's just to add to that, it kind of, uh, to, to exemplify it, you know, you're looking at some practices where you can practice with the, uh, be affiliated with the junior A or the junior B or both, uh, mm-hmm. of the programs and you can get to some extra practices. And sometimes, uh, you can get in some games. We had some players last year from our team play in games for the junior A club and that's just great development. Yeah. Awesome. Um, that's great. Um, I have a question about uh, just the challenges and the development. So at U18 at that level, what are, obviously you've been coaching at the U18 level for, for a few seasons. So what are the biggest de- development challenges that you've noticed in players at that stage? You know, that, that it's a really interesting level uh, in the sense that for a lot of the first year midgets, it is their draft year for the OHL. Mm-hmm. So that in itself presents a little bit of a, a challenge in some of the pressures that accompany mm-hmm. that uh, on a young player. You know, they, they really feel the sense of, uh, you know, scouts watching. They really feel, you know, um, it's pressure. You know, right. so it's 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 balancing, you know, helping the young player through that and just, you know, having them go out and play hockey and do all of the things that, they, you know, they've been doing all of these years mm-hmm. growing up and and not getting caught up too much on any of the periphery stuff that's happening on the outside. And I think the second thing that is becomes apparent at the U18 level is as you're moving through in hockey, you're working on developing all facets of your game to develop all, all of those. But in, in U18, your next level, it's your last minor hockey years. 
there there is no more minor hockey mm-hmm. uh, after uh, what used to be called midget. Your, your next level is junior. And so when you're developing the player for junior, it becomes a little bit more selective in terms of what skill set have they brought to the table at this level that you're not going to necessarily alter too much. You want to build on the strength of, of what they are as a hockey player. So whereas back in Peewee, you know, or at the U12, whatever level, um, you might have been doing power play, penalty kill, you know, a regular shift, all of those things. But at U18, you've kind of defined now you're sort of you know while you may never uh not not do a power play you may have now shown or articulated a strength that you're a strong four checker right and you're a penalty killer type person that doesn't necessarily score a lot of goals but you're tough on pucks tough to play against and we have to hone that skill because junior is going to be asking for that when you try out what do you specifically bring to the table for this team when I am formulating and picking a team? And so we have to polish that. And we also have to teach and articulate that you can't be everything and everything anymore. Right. So there's a balancing there uh, with that at that level, um, you know, both from the player and even from the parent perspective. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting that you need to identify the skill and hone in on that skill. And it's, it's a job for you and also for the player to realize that, well, this is the skill that I have and I need to work on this. And it's not an all around thing anymore. Yeah. It's uh, you know, and it's not, you know, when, and when we power play uh, for example, in practice, every line gets to go through it. If we formate, formate, uh, formulate a power play unit, uh, we do make sure that everyone does go through and, and in case they're called upon to do it or we have injuries, but you know, we, we might have a power play number one unit that's going to get a few more looks at it and a few more developments at it. But we make sure that every player has a role and that uh, they're in that role and they're developing in that role. So it could be on the PK side, it could be on the power play side. Um, and that, that, that's no different for the defense and any other type of sort of specialty situations that we're working on. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I have a question about your, your time with Pembroke. Uh, obviously that's sort of a winning experience. What did you learn from that experience as a coach? Well, one of the things that I, re- I really learned is the first year that I was there, we were ninth out of uh, 12 teams. Okay. So, uh, you know, it was uh, a bit of a battle. Was, yeah. It was a battle every night. We had some, some really good players on that team and, uh, and uh, I, I, it was a very, uh, we were very close to actually being sort of fourth through ninth and 10th. It was very tight. Um, and so we learned, I, I learned a lot of things personally from that year um, in, in terms of what the league looked like and how you had to prepare each and every night. And uh, I learned how to get better. And when we came back the next year, that group of second year players, um, you know, we had familiarity with each other and uh, the rookies that were coming in um, were, were a strong group. The veterans we had coming back were a strong, strong group. You know, we had a player Tyson Tomasini coming back. He was a strong player. And of course we had Mason McTavish coming in as right. a rookie who, uh, who scored uh, 30 goals with the Peterborough Pizza as a, as a 16 year old uh, this past season. So he was My one goodness. of those strong pick right into the uh, Ontario Hockey League so uh, uh, you know we had a really strong group but yeah that is sort of the cycle of the U18 league it's you know sort of 15 and 16 year olds 
So um, there is, uh, it depends on kind of what year. Sometimes you're in a rebuild, sometimes you're in a stronger, sometimes it's just the way the age groups uh, overlap. You know, you're in the mix all of the time, depending on who you have. Uh, and Nepean, you know, was a little bit different when it came to Nepean. We had a, we had a pretty strong team. Um, we did have a lot of young people, but, but also some young players, some strong players coming back. And so we were fifth last season, right in the top five. So, mm-hmm. you know, and of course the season was cut short. In the playoffs. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Didn't get a chance robbed. That. Robbed. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, I have a question about, uh, your, your history coaching, maybe, and maybe your influences. Um, was there a coach that you played for, um, that impacted your decision to, to coach or that maybe, um, stood out to you and, and really, uh, made you choose to get into coaching? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting you say that because, um, I was fortunate to have a lot of role models as coaches growing up, you know, okay. my first, first coach ever for first number of years was a police officer, uh, Rob Kerr. And then, uh, after that for a lot, uh, a number of years was a firefighter, Larry LaRock. Oh, wow. so, uh, I really had great, you know, role models kind of, uh, growing up in terms of the minor hockey coaches and, and, and two people that I, you know, often think of and, remember how much fun it was and, and and how much they developed us as as young people not only in hockey but as in life and that's one key that I've sort of taken out of um, all of the coaches that I've had and then you know it transcends into junior of course I played for Brian Kilray uh, you oh. know, in the Hockey Hall of Fame of course and right. as a coach um, and so um, you know you take bits and pieces from all of those people and you know Brian Kilray for example probably you know it, this is going to be a, an interesting statement for me because it's opposite of what people would think but some of the greatest things that i've taken from him is um is some of his off-ice teachings as opposed to the on-ice you know when oh, okay we, when we would go to a restaurant um on the road uh he made us all stand up at the end and go into the kitchen and shake the cook's hand and the manager's hand and thank them for the meal and, uh, you know, I never, that's forgot awesome. that. yeah, I never forgot that, you know, it's a, val- a pretty valuable lesson at 16 years old, wow, uh, yeah. you know, of community and, and to be appreciative. And, you know, I've taken those teachings, uh, with me, uh, coaching to this day. And I often talk about life skills, um, to the players, um, because, you know, at the end of the day, hockey is a vehicle for so many things, you know, it's a sport and uh, a lot of people want to go on and play professional hockey, but uh, you need to be a complete person in order to do that. And uh, you know, schooling is important. How you treat people is important. And um, you know, I like to, I like to uh, take those teachings of all those people along the way. And yeah, and of course uh, some of their great on ice uh, teach and had a great university coach, uh, Norm McCauley, uh, okay. you know, uh, teaching a lot of the uh, preparation side of things and, uh, you know, some junior A great coaches, and Doug LaValle, Roy Green, and, and, and in pro, you know, little bits and pieces from all of them. The list goes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, that's an awesome answer. It's, uh, you know, that's great that you took those lessons. And from what I hear, you're, you're doing a phenomenal job too. So um, that's awesome. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'll, I'll get into your playing career a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, so you, you just, you mentioned playing for the 67s. You had, you had quite a good run there. Um, how different was the game back then to now? 
the game back then was uh, a lot more wide open. You know, okay. it was a lot of uh, run and gun, uh, a lot of offense. Even the defense uh, were part of the offense. A lot of run and gun, uh, higher scores. You know, we're talking the, you know, as in the late 80s, you know, into the early 90s and right. um, very tough, you know, uh, very physical. Right. A lot of physical, uh, still a lot of uh, fighting at that time, you know, in, in junior hockey right. and whatnot. But it was definitely sort of a wide open uh uh type of hockey and you move the puck there was a lot more passing um you know i think back then of, of moving the puck compared to now but the, now the kids are so skilled you know they're, right they're very very skilled very fast very strong in better shape better condition you know than than sort of back then so it, it's very different you know it, yeah. it really is it, it really is a lot different you know i, I would say it's less physical uh, now than it, than it was back then. And, and probably because you can't catch the people quite as much. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so fast. I mean, when I'm in practice uh, coaching or whatnot, uh, you know, sometimes I'm just amazed at how fast the players are nowadays. Yeah, that's the, that's the direction the, the game is going towards. Um, yeah. You know, people talk about speed and skill and, and not so much the strength still, but it's, you know, the physicality isn't, isn't as big as it used to be. Yeah, no, it's about, uh, you know, it's about using your body and positioning yourself certain ways and taking away certain angles and whatnot. And, uh, and you kind of have to, with that type of speed out on the ice, you know, you right. have to be able to, you know, the defense now, you know, I think back to the defense back then, they were really big guys, strong guys. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I don't think they skated, you know, a lot the way, as a majority, it's sort of mm-hmm. the way that some of the bigger defensemen skate now you know as a collective like uh you know the big guys can 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 really skate and really pivot now right yeah awesome yeah um so obviously after the 67s you headed out east to halifax uh how was that experience playing there yeah that was you know i you know i was never drafted so uh you know it came close to being drafted so i i really thought that uh getting my university education and playing varsity hockey was kind of like the minor leagues myself you know that I would I would take that route uh, get my degree play a good level of hockey and then side sort of come come back around to pro hockey uh, after when I had the degree in my pocket and um, you know and and that did occur it, it it didn't occur at the level that i thought i could come back out at but you can never right. take away the degree uh from the back pocket and, and it, it had great years at saint mary's university mm-hmm. that those years um the atlantic university league was very very strong um, oh, okay and, and you know i i would say that our division was very much like sort of what you would call well not what they do call today, like the East Coast Hockey League, like that, that division was, was, was very strong. So uh, maybe not the depth of, you know, four lines and eight defensemen and two goalies of an East Coast Hockey League team, but certainly two and a half lines, you know, four or five defensemen, a goalie, it, you know, it was, it, it was that good. It was actually right. one of the, and we call it the best kept secret uh, Canadian university hockey. And unfortunately, I think they still call that all these years later, although I see more and more recognition for the talent of all of these ex junior hockey players. Some, some are just continually getting better. Like, you know, they they need to continue to scout these leagues because 
somebody who may not be ready at 1920, maybe they're just not strong enough, um, could be ready at 21. It's just, you know, right. a late bloomer to, to some degree. So, uh, so yeah, I really love that experience. And then uh, did go play pro, you know, sort of on the back end. And, uh, you know, I had naive visions that I could come back around to sort of NHL uh, or American Hockey League. But, you know, when you're three, four years later, you're kind of out of sight, out of mind. But just the same, I had a chance to go play uh, in England and really enjoyed that experience and, and had a had a chance to go play in the Detroit Red Wings organization for a brief time uh, with their firm team and, and enjoyed that. So, Yeah, I'll, I'll get into, uh, I, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to ask about your time uh, across the pond. Um, how was that experience? Like, that's so interesting to me, players who go overseas, because it's a different game, right? It's It's got to be, so much so much more it's just it's just a different game over, overseas and I, I was wondering what what your experience and your thoughts on that were yeah it, it really is you, you have to produce points you know at least back then uh and i don't think that's changed quite a, quite a bit um you know you've got to produce uh if you're an import if you're one of the two spots as an import player um you know you've got to produce or you're or you're gone and um but in terms of in england uh you know, of course, soccer is everything. Right. And um, we really had sort of a junior hockey kind of crowd, uh, uh, you know, when you compare it to, you know, the, the NHL stadiums, you know, here in Canada for hockey were what they have for soccer. Right. You know, and then some. And then the junior hockey size crowds, you know, 3,000, whatnot. That's what their hockey sort of crowds were like. So, you know, we get yeah, 2,500. Yeah, we would get, you know, a good little junior hockey size crowd, 2,500 to 3,500, passionate, just love the sport. And I think, you know, uh, you know, Great Britain and now that program's really come a long way in the last 20 some years. And, oh, really? you know, and I think they're in the second division now in terms of um, for the World Junior Championships, for example. You know, right. you don't see them in the tournament that we just had, but they're in a tournament that's one level below. Right. Uh, with a group of countries. So they, they've come a long way, you know, in terms of. So I always characterize the the uh, the game like when the imports were on, um, which usually was a group of Canadians or Europeans or whatnot. Uh, you know, you had a pro level kind of game. And then the British hockey players that were on your team, if you were able to get some of the better British hockey players, uh, you, you had a chance of winning the championship. You know, it, because when you made a line change uh, and it might be a British players versus British players, if, if you could uh, have the, a better group on yours, that that was a difference maker to sort of between winning and losing. Hmm. OK, interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah, yeah very interesting. Fun. I always find it. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. It was fun. It was a great experience, you know, and a funny story. Uh, remember one place we went to play and the puck went over. Uh, the puck was an offside. And right. as soon as the offside occurred. The British announcer was explaining why there was a whistle to the entire. So instead of music, <laughs> you know, I'd be saying, "Oh, and the reason the buck, uh, why there's a whistle." You know, and you look, I was looking around, just everyone was kind of nodding their head, you know, oh. like learning. Oh, okay, that's why the whistle went. It was quite funny, you know. I was just like, "Okay, wow, I'm in a different place now." Yeah, that's oh, that's so cool. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, I have a last question for you, um, and I like to ask this for pretty much everyone that comes on. So, um. A lot of players, a lot of guys wish they could go back and give themselves some life lessons. If you could go back to your start of your pro career, what piece of advice or your coaching career, what piece of advice would you give yourself? 
Well, you know, one of the things that uh, I often think about, um, if I go back to those to to that time, is um, training. You know, uh, training in terms of um, identifying, you know, what you need to do uh, to make to help you be a better player on the ice. You know, and if I look back uh, on my career, I was, I was never a fast skater. I wasn't a fast skater at all. You know, I could score goals, but I wasn't, I wasn't a fast skater. And in the off season, you know, I was lifting dumbbells and bench press and arm curls like crazy to get stronger, but I was actually making myself slower, slower, right? Because because I was bulking up, you know, and, you know, and I was 200, you know, 200 pounds, but what I needed to be was, you know, maybe 190 and a lot stronger and more core strength, you know, you know, through, through the legs and whatnot to get myself a half step quicker, um, you know, as opposed to bulking up, you know, and bulking up only made me uh, slower. So I guess my question, and I tell a lot of youth, this is away from that. You want to be a hockey player. You need to train, um, you know, and train your body so that you can get so strong in your core and that you can get yourself quicker and stronger, get your legs as strong as possible and, and do the right things that you need to do to prepare yourself for. And, that, and that's so different preparing yourself for the junior level or and then preparing yourself for the next level, you know, and that's, what's going to separate you um, a little bit from one player to the next, to the next. if you really are committed to um, being a hockey player. Um, and I don't mean it, it's necessarily a full year round thing. Cause I always believe that other sports are important you know, like playing lacrosse or soccer or whatnot, but use those sports um, to leverage um, your training and, and help you uh, grow in that area. So I'm a big believer of, um, uh, of training and preparedness. And uh, I look back on my own career and how I wasn't quite educated enough to kind of know. And that training was just kind of coming around at that time. It was just from a hockey perspective, but it was a bit behind other sports. And now there's so many great people out there, personal trainers and nutritionists and, and whatnot. And I think you really do need to take advantage of that, understand your body and understand how you can get yourself better to help you on the ice. Well, um, thank you so much, uh, Jared. I really appreciate you coming on and getting your insight on just the, the squad, the U18 squad, and also your playing career was awesome. So um, thank you so much. Good luck. Uh, hopefully a season is around the corner. Fingers crossed. I hope so. Yeah, uh, I really do for, for the players and the families. And uh, yeah, and thank you so much for, for having me on. This was a lot of fun. No, no problem. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode. Goodbye.